You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. At the beginning of the year, God spoke to me so profoundly that He wanted to deal with the spirit of fear in His people. Now, this was pre-COVID-19. I could never have imagined what was about to happen in the year 2020. But God always prepares us beforehand for what is going to happen next. Because I remember at the end of last year, at the end of 2019, finding an increasing conversation happening. I would go to coffee shops and I would sit at those communal tables that the hipster baristas love. They love those communal tables. And I would find myself sitting next to women and men, and I found a very uh, common conversation coming up out of those tables. And that was one where people were talking about their struggles with fear and anxiety. And it wasn't just limited to the adults, sadly. I had found that I was hearing conversation after conversation where children, young children, were struggling with fear and anxiety issues. I tell you what, for a pastor, it's not hard to figure out what to preach about and what to minister into. All you need to do is just lift up your ear and incline it to the cry of the people. And the cry of the people, the men and women in the nations of the earth right now is there must be more to life than the fear and the bondage that I'm living under. And the answer is yes. I want to speak to you today a powerful message around freedom from fear. This is the scripture that God gave me. In Matthew 3.10, it says this, and this is Jesus speaking. The axe, the axe is already at the root of the trees and every tree, somebody say every tree, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And I literally saw a picture of the Lord with a sharpened axe laid at the root of a tree called fear. And I want to speak to you prophetically today. I believe this is the word of the Lord. Today, wherever you're at, maybe you've been struggling with fear, with anxiety, with worry, with torment, with all kinds of phobia, so much so that you cannot sleep at night. Or maybe a member of your family has been afflicted with this wicked spirit. I hear the Lord saying right now that He is dealing with the spirit of fear in His people. I want to take some time over our 30 or so minutes together to talk to you a couple, about a couple of things. First of all, I want to reveal the symptoms just so we can kind of let the Holy Ghost do a little bit of a diagnosis of where may fear may be working or being outworked in our lives or, or the lives of our family members. So I'm going to talk about the symptoms. And then you better believe it, we're going to talk about the cure. Because I do believe that God is wanting to deal once and for all with the spirit of fear that has been plaguing and crippling the people that He loves so dearly. The Bible tells us in John 10.10 that it is the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So straight away we see the signature of the devil. And when we look at the fruit of fear, is it not a destructive spirit that has torn people apart? 
It has ruined families. It's ruined opportunities. It has stolen people's joy, their ability to live and love and walk in power. But then that scripture goes on to say in John 10, 10, but I have come, Jesus speaking about himself, to give you life and life in all its abundance. And I'm believing that after our time together, you're going to have an understanding of the great life that God wants for you and your children. So we're going to get into it and I'm going to talk about a couple of symptoms here and maybe just pull out your notepads and your pens. Be, um, make sure you're not nudging the person next to you and telling them, oh, I wonder if you've got that one. Let it be a time of self-reflection. Let it be a time where we let the Lord put his spotlight on us because he desires so much to bring healing. The first symptom I want to talk about that maybe you are experiencing or have today, I know it was one that I had to battle through, is that fear will tell you to expect the worst. When I was a young girl, even though I was very happy-go-lucky in so many ways and very bright and funny, and I loved life, on the flip side, I had this propensity where I would expect the worst thing to happen. And my mum used to always say to me, oh, Leanne, Edith, you borrow trouble? And you know, if there was a worst case scenario, I would think about it. So much so that I remember as a young girl, my family and I went on a trip down the coast. We were going to take a friend's boat out and go aquaplaning. Now, aquaplaning is kind of the, the ghetto version of water skiing. It's what you did if you were middle, middle to lower class back in the 80s. You would kind of like tie an esky lid to the back of a boat by a rope and just kind of shoot around the lake. So that's what we were doing. Now, it was my turn to get up on the aquaplane. And I jumped in the water and was swimming out and jumping on. And immediately I was hit with this phobia of, what if there's sharks in here? What if, what if, a, what if a shark eats me? What if it was, a salt, it was a fresh water lake, you guys. But I was so bound up in this fear and this phobia of the worst thing happening. It was like fear as a young girl would get my head in a vice and transmit the worst possible scenario, as crazy as they may be, into my head. You know what I've realized about fear? Fear is actually a childhood illness that follows us into our adult life if we don't take care of it in our younger days. And I would say to you today, just like we would vaccinate our children against things like polio, measles, mumps, rubella, and all those different things, is it not more important to vaccinate our children against the deadly spirit of fear? You know, back in those days when I would be fearful about stupid things like getting attacked by a shark in a freshwater lake, my parents would just say to me, oh, Leanne, it's just your imagination, you silly girl. And while what they were saying was right, you know what would have been better? Leanne, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. This is a spirit of fear that's attacking you and you have been given authority over it. You don't need to be afraid. God is with you. So I want to encourage you, mums and dads, let's start while our children are young, addressing that fear that relentlessly attacks them. Don't shove it away like this is just your imagination. Empower them to combat those voices of fear with an understanding that God is with them. Here's what the Bible tells us 
In Psalm 119, verse 6, and maybe this is a scripture that you need to teach your children and you need to remind yourself. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. That's a good confession right there. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph over my enemies. We've got to put a spirit of faith and an understanding that God is with us in our mind. So when the enemy comes in with his narrative of fear, robbing us of life, think about it. Think about how many fun celebratory moments have been ruined because you can't get over your fears. And instead of being able to live and enjoy each moment with your family, you're riddled with fear and torment over what could go wrong. You know what the signature of God is? The signature of God is life and life in abundance. Sure, difficult things happen. Sure, hard times come. But when you're walking with the Lord, that's not the signature of your story. Life and abundant life is the signature of your story. Put your focus on God. The Lord is with you. What can man do to you? God is always on your side. God is always beside you. Don't let fear rob you from life today. But fear maybe you've got this symptom today, will tell you to expect the worst. The Bible tells us in, sec, in the book of 2 Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit, that's right, a spirit of fear, but one of power, one of love, and a sound mind. When you rise up and allow God to deal with that fear on the inside of you, you'll find that you'll have a peace of mind and a clarity and a joy and a zest for life that will return again. Don't be like I was back in the day and borrow trouble. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. He is with you. He loves you. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. The second symptom that I want to look at today is that fear will turn you into a control freak. That's right. I said it. Fear left undealt with will turn you into one of those controlling mothers, controlling bosses, controlling wives, controlling pastors, controlling leaders that everybody ends up resenting. God has so much more for you. And here's what I've realized about those controlling people. It's, it's not that it's so much the control that's the issue. The control is just the symptom of the fear. Control is just fear dressed up in fancy clothes. Yeah, it looks a whole lot more sophisticated and you can be misrepresented as a bit of a boss lady. But really what we're looking at here is a spirit that is very, very destructive and it comes as one of the branches or the pieces of fruit on the tree of fear. And God wants to lay his axe to that tree today, ladies, because he loves you too much to have you destroying your relationships and hindering and smothering the people around you by letting you live with that fear that turns you into a control freak. My dad, uh, when I was a young girl growing up, was really led by a spirit of fear for a very long time. And this was manifest 
in the way that he would control everything we ate. See, he had a fear of rejection and he thought, well, if, if I don't want to be rejected, then I'm going to pick up the devil's tool of control and I'm going to control how people view me. I'm going to control the outward. So people look at me and they see perfection. So people look at my five daughters and they see perfection. Girls that are beautiful without blemish. And instead of just loving us and encouraging us, and he did that too, you know, the, the bad thing that he did though was he picked up that tool of control. And it manifests in what he let us eat and how he let us celebrate. We went to birthday parties. We weren't allowed to have birthday cake. He made us vegan. He made us vegetarian. And I'm not casting any aspersions on my vegan and vegetarian friends today. However, I will say as the daughter of someone who was forced to be those things, it was quite unpleasant. He used to make us eat things like nut meat, which was, uh, it was nuts masquerading as meat that you would eat out of a can and put on a salad. It tasted as bad as it sounded. So we were vegan for many years and my dad did everything to micromanage what went in our mouths so we would be healthy, robust, vibrant and vital and beautiful and slim and we could project this image to the world that everything was a-okay. But my dad had to pick up the tool of control because he was afraid. And I will never forget one day my, my sister, my sister who was a toddler at the time, my dad had done everything he could to make sure every meal was segmented out in such a way that we would never eat a preservative or have too much fat or too much sugar, so much so that he would wash the sauce off baked beans. He was very controlling. And one day he was walking out to work and he saw my little toddler sister. We lived on a farm at the time. And as he walked out on the front porch, he saw my little sister and she had picked up a dead rat that the cat had killed and decapitated. And he, she was su sucking on a dead rat's neck. Now, I'm sorry for like disgusting you with that really revolting story, but there's a lesson in that. What is the lesson? You can't control life. As much as you will try to control and micromanage and, and, and suffocate and make sure everybody is behaving and doing exactly as you say, one time you're going to turn your back and they're going to be sucking on a dead rat's head. I want to tell you today, don't pick up control. Pick up wisdom. By all means, be responsible. But pick up wisdom and pick up the power of prayer. Today, many of you are suffering in your family life, in your marriage, your relationships, because you've picked up the devil's tool of control. I hear the Lord wanting to say to you today, it is enough now. Stop tormenting yourselves and tormenting others by picking up a tool and a burden you were never meant to carry. Well, you might say, well, Leanne, what do I do? Pray. What does the Bible tell us in Philippians 4, 6? Because you can't control everyone. You can't control everything, everything and you will torment yourself if you try. Philippians 4, 6 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Somebody say every situation. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests, present your fears to God. What are you afraid of? What is it that's troubling you today? Present those things to God. And then the peace of God. 
And you know what a fearful person is missing? The peace of God. And the Bible gives us the perfect uh, pattern here of how to receive the peace of God into our lives. It's through prayer. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. And this is true because there is a lot in this world to be afraid of that we could be potentially afraid of. But right here, Paul is telling us, don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. Don't be troubled. Bring those things to the Lord and let his peace fill your heart. It will guide your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Listen, I have four children and I know I'm speaking to a lot of mums today. And I would say to you today that uh, the greatest, the greatest thing I can do for my kids is not control and stifle and micromanage. Of course, I need to use wisdom and be responsible for the gift that God gave me in my children, in my husband, in the people that work for me. But I cannot pick up the devil's tool of control. I have to pick up God's weaponry. That is wisdom and that is prayer. And I found when it comes to our children, the first push that gets them into the world is the push of labor. But that isn't the final push. The second push to birth our children is the push of prayer. I don't know how you be a mother and you don't pray. I don't know how you be a wife and you don't pray. I don't know how you be a Christian and you don't pray. If you want to be free from fear, and if you want to be completely delivered from picking up control that has been stifling the people around you, uh, get, running out strength from around you, squashing creativity and free thought and creating people that are dull and don't know how to think for themselves in your keeping. If you are saying, I, I don't want to be that way anymore, then you've got to put down the tool of control that fear is telling you to pick up and you've got to pick up the weapon of prayer so peace comes where fear once was. But we've got to rise up, ladies. Because I'm telling you today, if you don't deal with fear, fear will turn you into a control freak. The third thing, the third symptom that I want to share with you today is this. Fear will cause you to shrink back. There's a parable in the Bible. It's called the parable of the talents. And it says this in Matthew 25, 24 to 25. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Now in this story, uh, the Bible talks about three men. One was given five talents. One was given two talents or two bags of gold. And then this final man that we're looking at today was given one bag of gold. And he said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Listen to this. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold, your gifting, the talent that you had given me in the ground. Fear will cause you to shrink back and not develop the gifting that God has placed on the inside of you. And I have found if there is any spirit that fear has attached itself to, it's that spirit of intimidation telling you to shrink back when God is asking you to step forward. This was my story for the longest time. As a woman who left school in the 10th grade and doesn't have a college education, I had convinced myself or fear had spoken to me, Leanne, you can't speak up, you can't step out, you can't influence, you can't speak to people because 
you know, you're, you're not gifted. You've got, you don't have anything to give. You could fail. You could be mocked. You could be persecuted for everything you don't know. And this was definitely my story. And I had found myself shrinking back. Opportunities would come my way and I would deflect them. I would defer to my husband and say, no, he's the gifted one. Don't look at me. I'm just, I'm, I'm just his, his other half that's happy to be faithfully by his side. But, you know, I don't have anything to give. And I remember my husband saying to me one day, Leanne, there is a gift of communication and ministry on your life and it's time for you to stop burying it. I want you to speak at our next youth conference. I want you to speak at our Phenomena Youth Conference. This was about 20 odd years ago. And because I was obedient, I said, oh my gosh, okay, I'll, I'll do it. But then in the preceding weeks leading up to it, I was racked with fear. That voice of fear was grabbing my head in advice saying, you've got nothing to say. Don't do it. Tell your husband you're not going to do it. You're not gifted. You're not talented. You've got nothing to offer. And I was rehearsing this narrative that fear was speaking into my head. And, you know, I had this opportunity to speak, but I remember the night before, even though I'd prepared a message and it was a good message, but then I didn't know it was good. I thought it was worthless. I thought it was, I was going to fail because fear was telling me I was going to fail and it was telling me do not step out. The night before I was to preach, I was lying in bed and I was literally tormented at the thought of standing up in front of hundreds of people and sharing a message. I was so intimidated. And I said to my husband, I said, I am not speaking tomorrow. I will not speak at that conference and you cannot make me. And he looked at me and he said, Leanne, you've got the goods, girl. It is time for you to step out and bring out the great gift that God has put on the inside of you. And I was just like absolutely coming at him going, I am not doing it, Jürgen. I will not do it and you can't make me. And I started like writhing and like almost manifesting like a weirdo. And he put his arms around me, I'll never forget. And he started to pray in tongues. He started to pray in the spirit. He said, Leanne, you're going to be amazing. God has called you to do this. How long are you going to let intimidation rob you from the call of God that is on your life, from the gifting that is on your life? And I'd like to think at that moment that I responded really maturely and said, oh, you're absolutely right, Jürgen. Oh, I shouldn't be afraid. I'm going to step out in faith. But as he was holding me, I just leant over in bed and I bit him really hard on the arm. And I thought, that'll learn him. That'll show him that not only am I not fit to stand in front of a crowd full of people and tell them about Jesus, but also it'll make him angry enough that he'll maybe go sleep in another room. But you know what? He didn't. He just kept holding on and praying in tongues and laughing. And then I kept writhing, but he kept praying. And you know what? He won. Over time, I just felt this peace come where fear and intimidation once were. And you know what? I got up the next day and I preached the word of the Lord. And I'm telling you, and there's no pride in this, it was the message of the conference. And I was so humbled afterwards in that God said to me, Leanne, I've put a gifting and a talent on your life. There's something I have deposited on the inside of you. Don't let your fear hide it anymore. Because like the master in this story in the book of Matthew, 
I'm going to be coming back and I'm going to be looking for a return on what I have invested and deposited on the inside of you. Here's what I feel to say to you prophetically today. I strongly sense in the Lord that there are ministries to be birthed, opportunities to be taken, businesses to be started, relationships to be had and enjoyed and giftings like the one I had lying dormant in my life that I was afraid to step out with. Giftings that God wants developed, but they're being hidden in the ground because of fear. I declare in the name of the Lord, no more, no more, no more. God has not given you a spirit of fear but one of power, one of love and a sound mind. You are going to step out. I'm going to prophesy and declare today and accomplish all that the Lord has desired for you to accomplish. We command fear to go in the name of Jesus. I have an authority on my life to speak about it because I have lived it. I've been there and God wants to develop the gifting that he's put on the inside of you. Stop hiding what God has called you to develop in Jesus' name. Amen. Fear will cause you to shrink back. The fourth thing that I want to talk about is this. Fear will rob from your ability to have fulfilling relationships with others. And listen, my friends, this is as old as time. Back in the book of Genesis, we see that the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden. This is Genesis 3, 8 to 10. In the cool of the day. And they hid. What does fear make you do? It makes you hide. They hid from the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? It's the word of the Lord today. And he answered, I heard you in the garden, but I was afraid. There's that word again. Because I was naked. I was vulnerable. I felt ashamed. So I hid. Listen, this is a classic scene and one we're seeing played around about the earth in so many different sectors right now. But fear will rob you from having fulfilling relationships with others. Again, this was my story. Really, this message is my testimony. I, I experienced hurt and pain in relationships in church of all places. And yet I didn't go to God with my pain and my hurt and my wound. Instead, I went into myself and I decided that I was going to put up a wall so I could never be hurt like that again. No man and no woman was ever going to reject me again. And I put a wall up in my heart and in my life from other people. But that wall, as much as the intention of that wall was put there to protect me from bad people, it also kept the good people out as well. And this is the problem with a spirit of fear. It will rob you on every end. And I remember coming out of a season of great pain and relational wounding in the church and being a very broken girl, moving back from the, uh, the nation of New Zealand where Jürgen and I started our ministry life and moving back to Australia. We were part of a really beautiful, healthy church. But you can be part of a healthy church, but if you're unhealthy, you will still not be able to enjoy the great place that God has brought you into. And so I remember being a part of this great, healthy, relational church. And 
My husband, who had kind of been my human shield up until that point, had become sick and he wasn't able to go to a church meeting. And he said to me, Leanne, I want you to go on your own, which was a nightmare for me because I could just kind of put Jürgen, my husband, my very sanguine, friendly husband who never met a stranger in front of me and he would kind of be like my human shield. But now my human shield was sick and at home and I had to go out and be vulnerable. I had to be, go out on my own and face these fears. I remember arriving to the meeting and it had started and the meeting was in a building that was uh, a building of glass windows. So you could see in, you could see out and you could see in. And as I drove up and parked in the parking lot, I could see in and I could see all the people talking and enjoying relationship and enjoying one another and chatting with one another and laughing and talking. And I looked in at that and immediately fear popped up and started to speak. It started to speak and whisper into my ear, Leanne, you can't go in there. Look at them. They're already friends. They've already got their established friendship groups. You won't fit in. And even if you try, you'll get rejected like you have every other time. And I remember looking in and just being so afraid and intimidated as I looked in at the laughter and the relationship and the community that was happening like some kind of weird stalker. But then at the same time, the Holy Spirit came. And I want you to understand today that even louder, if you're listening for it, then the voice of the enemy is the voice of the Lord that loves you. And the Lord said to me, Leanne, it's time now. It's enough now. It's time for you to step out and stop letting fear rob you from the relationships that I've brought into your life. I remember sitting there and I'm hearing fear, but then I'm hearing that beautiful voice of God ushering me out of the car and back into life. I remember sitting there in the car and just speaking to myself audibly and going, Leanne, it is time. Come on, girl. You are Leanne freaking Metesius. You know, it wasn't easy. It was a step of faith. But I got out of that car and I walked into the room. This was almost 20 years ago. And I walked into that room and I started to engage in life again. I didn't do it completely free of fear. I had to do it afraid. But you know what I found? That God gave me the strength. God gave me the grace. God gave me the courage to do what was difficult. And before long, I found myself enjoying the relationships that I had been so craving for so long. Doesn't mean that everybody's all of a sudden going to become friendly and perfect when you deal with the spirit of fear and you'll never have to face rejection again. No, absolutely not. People will still be isolators and rejectors and backbiters. People will still be buttheads. But you know what? Quite often we can wait for the world to change, but God is saying, I just want to change you. And so I found now my life has been so enhanced because instead of letting fear rob me at the point of relationships, I've dealt with that spirit of fear and I've been able to walk in every room with the confidence of God. Whether I be accepted or rejected, I know that God loves me. God accepts me because he tells me that every day. God wants to set you free, my friends, but we've got to rise up and let him take his axe to that tree of fear that has been sucking the life and the oxygen out of the garden of our life. 
Now I want to talk about the cure. Maybe you saw yourself in all those symptoms. Maybe you had all four. Maybe you need to yell out bingo. Maybe you just had one or two, whatever it may be. No matter how big or how small, the impact of fear has had on your life. I do know today that God wants to set you free. Freedom is possible. I come with a message of faith, hope and love today and wanting to let you know that God is going to completely deliver you. The cure. First of all, you've got to get honest with God about the real state of your life. Here's what I found in church. We are brilliant at putting masks on and convincing the people around us that everything is a-okay. And we think this is just the Christian life. I'm gonna fake it till I make it. I'm gonna pretend, I'm gonna act right. Hey, God doesn't want you to act right, act whole. He wants you to be right and be whole. And it means that we're gonna have to start to get honest with some of the fears that have been plaguing us. We've got to stop making excuses for him. We've got to stop saying, well, you know what? It's just, you know, my family, my family are a bunch of warriors. My grandma was a warrior. My great-grandmother was a warrior. My mother was a warrior and I'm a warrior too. I just come from a long line of worry warts. Well, it's time to surrender that to the Lord and let the Holy Ghost come in with his his Holy Ghost wart off, worry wart off, and deal with that worry, that fear, that anxiety that has been plaguing your family for generations. You are a cycle breaker. It can end in your lifetime, but you gotta get honest with God. You cannot be delivered from anything that you will not acknowledge or anything that you see as normal. Worry, torment, anxiety, fear, they are not from God. They are of the enemy. God has not given them to you. The, book, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, God has not given you a spirit of fear. So you've got to get honest with God about the real state of your life. What are you afraid of? Tell Him. Tell the Lord what your fears are. It's no sin to say, God, I'm afraid. I'm afraid about my kids. I'm afraid about my future. I'm afraid of this happening or that happening. Get honest with God and let him come in and bring peace and faith where fear once was. Psalm 34.4 says this, I sought the Lord. Isn't that beautiful, King David? I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. You may have heard that fear and anxiety and depression and all its, its evil siblings are something that you are just gonna have to learn to live with, that you cannot be delivered from. Well, that's a lie because my Bible tells me right here, when we seek the Lord, when we're honest, when we come to Him openly, that He can deliver us from all our fears. King David said this in Psalm 139, Oh God, search me, know me, test my every anxious thought. He gave God permission to shine his light into those places where David wanted to hide and see that there be no wicked way within me and then lead me in the way everlasting. Let's get honest with God. Maybe you need to set aside some time to pray and to fast and to figure out where fear has been having an influence in your life. When you do that, 
you'll be so much more equipped and better able to deal with its, it, the way that it's been manifesting in your life and your relationships. But we've got to get honest with God. The second thing we need to do, the second part of the cure, is we need to stand up in, the, in our authority in Christ. You are powerful. What does the Bible tell us in Luke chapter 10, verse 19? Look, I have given you all authority. Somebody say all authority. I can hear you. Good. All authority over the power of the enemy. Come on. Listen, fear is a power. It is a demonic power. But Jesus is saying, I have given you authority over that very demonic, very real power. It's time to stand up, cast off that spirit of fear. It's a spirit. It is a tormentor. It wants to rub from you and it wants to rub from your children after you stand up, woman of God. Take communion. Plead the blood of Jesus over yourself and your family. It is time. It is time. Stand up and your authority in Christ. Listen, we are not trying to win. We have already won because of what Jesus did. We are just enforcing our victory. The devil is a squatter. Tell him to get off your life, get off your kids and get out of your house. Here's what Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 says. Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness. What is fear? A power and a principality of darkness. And he stripped away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Jesus already paid the price for your freedom. The third part of the cure is you've got to get the Word of God in you. Getting rid of a spirit of fear is the easy part. You take authority over it, you cast it out. But in order to stay free, you've got to fill yourself with this truth. If you're not getting the Word of God in you, things won't change. The truth of God has to be greater than the lies that fear bombards you with every single day. You've got to find yourself in the Word. What does the Bible tell us in the book of John, chapter number 10, verse 45? Jesus speaking, my sheep, that's you and I, my sheep know the sound of my voice. And a stranger's voice, the, the, the voice of fear and anxiety, they will not follow. But here's what I found, that too many of us don't know how to distinguish the voice of our good shepherd from the voice of the stranger because we haven't been getting God's good word in us. My friends, you gotta get the word in you. Doesn't matter what you do. If you don't get this good word in you, things will be difficult. Real change will not come. How did Jesus defeat the devil? It is written. It is written. It is written. Girls, you gotta know what's written. So when the stranger speaks, when fear speaks, you can come back at him with the word of God in Jesus' name. Get the word of God in you. The fourth part of the cure, and we're coming to a close, is receive the love of God. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Drink it in today. 1 John 4.18 says this, There is no fear in love. 
but perfect love drives out all fear. And I love the word they use, drives out all fear. That's like an aggressive action. It's not just like, oh, off you go. It's like a drive. It drives out all fear, like Jesus has got his whip. And we know he knows how to handle a whip. Drives out all fear. Perfect love. One day God spoke to me and I was in the car and I was saying to him, oh God, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I'll never forget, God spoke to me and he said, Leanne, I know you love me, but your life is really going to change when you get a revelation of the fact that I love you. And today I want to encourage you. It's wonderful to tell God that you love him. I never want you to stop doing that. But at the same time, will you get a revelation that God loves you? Can you maybe sit in your car, sit in your home every day and just say, God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that nothing can separate me from your love. I thank you that you love me. And you'll find that fear will be displaced in your life. And then finally, the fifth part of the cure is you've got to share your testimony. Share your testimony. Let's change the conversation at the communal, tab communal tables at the coffee shop. That the conversation isn't just about the plague of fear, but men and women of God, women like you and I are sitting at those tables and we're talking about God the deliverer. How once, yes, our lives were crippled with fear, but God stepped in and we've been made free from fear and God has given us a great spirit of power, love and a sound mind. The Bible tells us in Psalm 107 too, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those who he, who he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Tell your victory story. Talk about the ways that God has stepped in and delivered you from that spirit of fear. Let's change the conversation. Let's talk about our faith in God. Let's talk about the deliverance of our God. Let's talk about the love of our God. Let's talk about the fact that God can deliver us from all our fears. Let's change that story. God is wanting to lay his axe to the root of the tree of fear and bring it down once and for all in the lives of his children. Won't you let him? Won't you let him today? He's here for you today. I want to end by praying. I'd love it if you can right now, just stand to your feet wherever you are in the building. Stand to your feet and just lift your hands to the Lord. I just want to have a ministry moment where we're just taking a minute to seal the word that God has spoken. And I want you to repeat this after me. In the name of Jesus, I bind and break all attachments to a spirit of fear. Fear, get out of my life. I will not be a slave to you anymore. I reject control. I reject worry. I reject intimidation. I reject manipulation. I'm sorry, Lord, for picking up fear. Instead, I will only use the tools that you have given me. I receive today only the spirits 
that you have given me. I receive a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.